Welcome to the 217th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast, the weekly quiz cast where two professional quiz masters talk about how to write and host great pub trivia, as well as quizzing each other and our guests on our favorite questions of the week. My name is Quizmaster Lee, and I'm here with fellow master of the quiz, Mark Davis! Oh, 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 oh. O'Reilly. <laughs> I don't know why I jumped ad. into O'Reilly, but, uh, you know, yeah, not an ad, but, uh, if you're listening on Spotify free there, edition, you might be used to hearing that or something <laughs> on our podcast if you're listening. But Ho- hopefully no one out there is needing O'Reilly auto parts today. Hopefully everyone's car is fully functioning on this glorious, glorious Friday. Absolutely. On this, uh, yeah, yes. I guess uh, if you're listening to the day of the drop. I got well, confused because yeah, we're not that's recording what I was on trying Friday. To do. I was like, wait a trying second. Trying to be sneaky. <laughs> trying to be like, oh, of course yes, it's Friday. it's Friday Everyone right knows. now. It's Friday. Friday, it's Friday my dudes. Friday. Indeed. How are you, Lee? I'm doing well. Busy, busy week of uh, trivia, which mm. we'll, uh, we'll go over in our weekly wrap-up. We have to uh, introduce our guest. It is a uh, longtime listener, supporter of the podcast, and uh, the... No, tied for number sixth place overall on our Twitch trivia alongside Kenya with six Ooh. victories. It is Tim Gomez, aka Mappy1984. Welcome to the show, buddy. What is up, Quiz Daddies? Yo, hello. How you doing? How are you? Doing great. Glad to be here. Ready to ask and answer some questions. That's awesome. This is a long overdue appearance for you. You've uh, you've submitted rate my questions, missed corrections. You were uh, a devoted player during the pandemic when we uh, we had our virtual trivia on Twitch, uh, which we hope to uh, start up again at some point soon here. Uh, so we hope that you join us for that. And uh, we are just so excited to have you on the show, Tim. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. R- when you messed me on Discord, I was like, I am ready. I had questions ready. I wrote a, I wrote a few more, but yeah, I've been cool. ready for this for a while. And I know outside of just you know the no nonsense sphere, you are huge into trivia. Uh, our well, our recent listeners know that you post uh, uh, sheets from the many fact books, trivia books that you have on our Discord server. So if you uh, are into daily trivia quizzes, definitely hop on there and see what uh, Tim's putting up in the Discord there. But uh, I'm curious about your trivia journey, how you got into trivia, and where it's taken you throughout your life. Awesome. Yeah, I. Uh I want to say in the late 90s, I started kind of when uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was on. That's when I started getting my first trivia books. And from there, it's just taking me to where I am now with you guys. Okay, right on. <laughs> now, you've had a, a television appearance yes. related to trivia, right? Yes, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in 2012. How'd that, how'd that do? It, it went okay. I, got, uh, I won $12,500. Hell yeah. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's one of those things. Um, along with being a trivia fan, game show fan ever since I was a little kid, and it it just sort of happened. I tried out for it, got on, won the money, and yeah, still can't believe it happened. That's so a- tell me I I wanna know how did it how did it end up for you? Did you uh get a question wrong? Do you remember what the question is? Oh, Mark, I remember the question. I, I didn't I get it. Say, <laughs> I didn't get it wrong, but I've, I kind of ruminated about it on the Discord that it was a question about Christopher Columbus's ship, um, what its real name was. It was nicknamed the Nina. 
the Nina, and um, it, it wanted to know the real name of it, its official name. And I had read that fact uh, two weeks prior in a magazine I got, and I could not remember for the life of me <laughs> the answer. Oh, that stings. Do you remember now? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I, I raced to the, uh, <laughs> to the hotel in New York City, got in my backpack because that magazine was in there. It, yeah, that fact was in there. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Well, still, I mean, you know, r- rising the ranks to, uh, you know, 12 grand large. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's nothing to sneeze at. So, yeah. congratulations and on that. Thank you. And the thing you don't see on TV, they gave me 10 minutes to, to think about it, to suss. And then a producer mm-hmm. came up, was like, you have to answer or you're going to have to give up what you won so far. Oh, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> so, so, I was like, I, uh, what you see on the, um, on the TV was like, yeah, I'll leave. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. They got to edit the sus down a little bit, probably. <laughs> yes. But that's, that's <laughs> nice that they gave you the, uh, an honest opportunity to, to yes. come up with the answer. So mm-hmm. that's that's cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining us here. Can't wait to see what questions you brought to us today. Uh, I know that you, uh, like I said, you've you've been posting some quizzes in the Discord. I don't expect you to be using any of those questions. Pulling a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I don't know if they saw the same <laughs> magazine that you did. I'm sure you've wondered that before. Yes. But there there was one interesting one that I wanted to comment on, and that was the recent. Um, uh, oh, what was it from? Ken Jennings, uh, I think put it together. It was from a, uh, it was one that you just posted very recently. Do you remember? Was it the one last night, like the, uh, six degrees of Ken Jennings? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just posted Hack- that. Hacky and Hackensack, I think is the name of it. Yeah. And the interesting thing about that format is it's not really a quiz, but it's more like six facts that are connected through like their name or theme. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually, I, I really like that, and it reminded me of something that I tried out here on the podcast. And I, I, I have a confession to make right now, actually. Oh, and breaking I, news! I know, yeah, I know this is going to go over well because I've rehearsed it twelve times with a series <laughs> of actors. Uh, no, no, this is not the rehearsal. But um, from around episodes one hundred to one hundred and thirty, I tried to connect all of my questions together thematically in some way and mark i think you were close to picking up on it sometimes there were moments where Mm -hmm. you were like you do this thing where you you've been like putting questions close to each other but Mm -hmm. i don't know that you ever put it together that it was going on for that long i don't think i did no but that's something for you know listeners who maybe are going back and listening through a second time you can have fun seeing uh how i tried to maybe connect them some are more obvious than others some i think are more successful than others it was just like a fun little project that i was doing uh so yeah check that out and i i think that that's uh something that i i got that from a uh a photographer i saw give a lecture one day and he talked about how he was placing he he put little details in each of his photos that connected one photo to the next. So every oh, time awesome. he took a new photo, he took something from the last photo session and placed it. So there was always a chain going. And I always thought that that was kind of cool. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to uh, put that out there and see if anybody, you know, listening back you might have some notes on that or something. Yeah, uh, and that's a little fun a, I was having. That's the thing about writing trivia. It's a crapshoot sometimes. You try new things. Sometimes it can stick to the wall. Other times it just falls flat, but it's it's nice to yeah. try new things like that. 
Yeah. It made preparing for the show exhausting. <laughs> so that's why I stopped. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, that sounds like, like... I'll try it out for a little bit, then when I get sick of it, I think there was an episode with, like, Justin and Aaron, and I was like, this, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> is this is it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, anyways, before we get into today's quiz, which uh, there's no hidden theme or anything for, I'll just say that right now. <laughs> but I, I will also say I might do it again. Um, before we get to today's quiz, how about we go over our weekly wrap up? Yeah. Sounds great. This Wednesday, we had quiz number 446 at Point Ebel Brewing Company. That's not Point Ebel, Point Space Ebel Brewing Company, which began with Sheba's Last Stand. It was Sheba Inu Illuminati's last uh, quiz at Point Ebel before uh, Max and Elise push off to Charlotte, North Carolina to begin their new life together there. They led the room in the first round with Atomic County capturing the most points in round two and three. And Atomic County ending the quiz in first place with 90 points. Team Yikes in second place with 88 points. And Sheba's Last Stand in third with 80 points. But it was, uh, you know, a celebration, too. I I brought them up on stage and got to tell the crowd their uh, total score, which was north of 7,400 points collected uh, for Shiba Inu Illuminati. And a 50% win rate. Overall, that, wow. that's a win rate. That's not top three teams. That's number one. So imagine coming to trivia every week and knowing at least every other time you're probably going to win. That is just incredible. Uh, so congratulations to them on that, even though they came in third place on this quiz. Just an incredible statistic going out on a high note. And then on the next night, they had their last, their truly last night at our No Nonsense Trivia for quiz number 447 at Ollie's Pub Records and Beer in Cape Coral, which began with rounds one and two domination by Shiba Inu Illuminati, narrowly bested in round three by just the tips, but that is just in the point collection in round three. In the end, overall, it would be Shiba Inu Illuminati who would collect the most points, winning the quiz with 99 points, only team in the building in second with 95 points, and just the tips in third with 89 points. So uh, another bit of news there right before the quiz started, Max and Elise were engaged right outside of Ollie's. They had their first date at No Nonsense Trivia and decided before they would move that they would get engaged on their last evening, bookending it uh, with our trivia. And I am honored, and I I think that's beautiful, and we want to wish them congratulations to that and let them know that we wish them all the well on their future endeavors, trivia and otherwise, for many, many years to come. Mazel tov. Fantastic. Congratulations, guys. And then this Saturday, we had our 90s music quiz, which started with just the tips and mm, capturing the most points in round one, with tips gaining the advantage in round two. But ultimately, it would be our Crash Test Dummies-inspired band, Mm-mm-mm-mm, who would prove themselves most knowledgeable, ending the quiz in first place with 139 points, Whoa in second place with 116 points, and Just the Tips in third with 113 points. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That would be our friends who host trivia over at Bonehook, Brett and Brandon, and Gina playing on that team as well in Company Mark. They were our 90s music tr- uh, trivia winners. The mm-hmm. Hendershots. Fantastic. Love them. Yeah. 
and uh, they just got into hosting some trivia here in Southwest Florida, so uh, we hope to have them here on the show to talk about that soon. And Mark, I do want to know how your trivia went this week at Nice Guys Pizza. Yes, do I. Here we are. Uh, we had a first round tie between the meat bags and the dog pound. The dog pound winning a tiebreaker by one point, bringing their score from 22 to 23. The second round going to girls on top. And then ultimately the last round going to the dog pound again with 76 points. The true winner, though, of the night, Team Captain Matt with 69 points. Nice. Playing on Zoom. So congratulations to him. Absolutely. Yes. And if you'd like to join us here in Southwest Florida for Trivia Soon, Wednesdays we're live at Pointy Bell Brewing Company in Fort Myers, Florida for a no-nonsense trivia challenge based on your category requests. Please join us for your opportunity to win some free beer and bonus prizes and to suggest categories for next week's quiz, as well as to enjoy tasty, tasty food by our weekly food vendor. Our weekly quiz at Pointy Bell Brewing Company starts at 7.30 p.m. every Wednesday. Thursdays, we're in Cape Coral at Ollie's Pub, which also starts at 7.30 p.m. We hope that you can join us then for opportunities to win Ollie's gift cards, which can be spent on records, beer, t-shirts, comic books, and more. You can also suggest categories for each week's quiz at Ollie's Pub every Thursday at 7.30 p.m. And you can join us in September at both venues for some theme trivia. We're getting strange in September. First up... September 10th at Pointy Bell Brewing Company. It's Marvel Cinematic Universe trivia. I'm sure there's going to be at least one Doctor Strange question, so that fulfills Strange September. But that's at Pointy Bell Brewing Company. We're going to be asking you all about the MCU, the movies, the TV shows, and more. That is Saturday, September 10th, starting at 6 p.m., a little bit earlier than usual, at Pointy Bell Brewing Company. And then a week later, on September 17th, we're at Ollie's with Stranger Things trivia. We're going to be asking questions about the series Stranger Things, its fandom, and more, Saturday, September 17th at Ollie's Pub in Cape Coral. And, of course, every week in Cape Coral, you can play Mark's Trivia on Wednesdays at Nice Guys Pizza or on Zoom starting at 8 p.m. And please don't forget to follow No Nonsense Trivia on social media, including Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. And join us on our Discord server to stay updated on all of our podcasts, streams, and events. Join us... Folks, listeners, knowers, if you have kids and you bring your kids to trivia and you let your kids play with the Jenga block tower right in front of the the table and you Uh walk away from them and you go sit down Uh and continue your drinks and then you come up and you say, I'm sorry. I'm watching them. I swear I'm watching them. I'm just right over here, but I'm watching them. But you come talk Uh-oh. to me if you need me. And then you just let them create some kind of American Ninja Warrior, like, you know, uh, <laughs> track for them to run across, sliding all over the place. Tip your quiz master, please. <laughs> the headache alone, please. You know, you're, we're trying to ask about capital of Indonesia. <laughs> We don't need clack, 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 clack. Somebody running a course in front of us. Yeah, please and thank you. All right. Anyways, rant over. We're going to take a little break. Then we're going to come right back into our first round of trivia 
It's time, Tim. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's get to it. After a break. Welcome back, gentlemen. I am here with a first question about a little trivia for you. Arthur okay. Murray started a chain of studios that teach what? Arthur Murray started a chain of studios that teach what? Mm, do, you, do you have anything, Lee? I have a few guesses. Okay. One would be like uh, drawing. There were some like mail order art instruction uh, uh, courses, telecourses okay, um, in the uh, in the eighties, late eighties, nineties. Yeah, I remember commercials um, like that. It was like based in Minnesota. Uh, I, I remember actually a specific line of dialogue. Hmm. Do you like to draw or paint, or maybe just sketch or doodle? If so, you might have what it takes to become a professional art hmm. student, or is, is it artist art or? Um, a professional art no, student? I, uh, that's what I remember, but it makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah, maybe just kitchen jewel if you do. Chances are you take what it takes to become a professional. Or I, it must, it be, must artist, be artist, I would guess. Yeah. Anyways, uh, I remember that so clearly because Mark actually yeah. was in a band okay. that had a uh, song title that was that entire little bit of dialogue in that oh, band. Wow. And so us you know, fans called it Draw or Paint for short. Let's see. The- but... Um, the fact that Mark was repeating it, I wonder if we're on the wrong track. If, it might be, he but, might, but I mean, he might know that I'm obviously going to think about that. Yeah, you true. Know? Um, yeah, the only thing I remember about it, those commercials, if it's about the Minnesota Institute, there was like a drawing of a turtle, but I... Yep, and a pirate. <laughs> that, a tur- what, you could either do the, the cartoony turtle for yes. kids... Or the pirate, which was like for comic book illustration. Oh, the adventures that they, turtle they went on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were actually buddies. They were buddies. The what name the? of the song is Art Student. Um, just so you know, it took me a little bit to remember, but it is okay. Art Student. Available okay. gotcha. on Amazon.com. Professional Art hmm. Student. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I mean, sign me up. Sign me up. Um, the other, but the the thing to keep in mind here is that drawing was not the only like mail order course that uh, that existed. They had photography yes. courses like this. And uh, you said a studio, Mark. Yes. Opened a chain of studios. That's correct. Well, these were all mail order, so so it wouldn't even be those anyway. Yeah. The um. Yeah, and I wasn't <laughs> even thinking along the same lines, Lee. I was. The only thing I can think of is like dance and ballet, but I can't connect the name Arthur Murray to to any of that. So pottery. <laughs> I mean, you you need a studio for pottery. You have all those wheels to throw clay and stuff like Cue that. Up. Harder to do through the mail. Cue unchained melody in the background. <laughs> yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's see, Arthur Murray. I'm trying to connect that name to something, and. It sounds. It does sound yeah. familiar. Chain of Studios. It, it could be photography. You would need a studio for that. I, I'd be more um, inclined to go photography or art than um, dancer ballet. To tell you the truth. Yeah, I don't recognize the name Arthur Murray as a as a dancer. Mm. Um, 
Arthur Murray. This is an I made I learned how to make this at Arthur Murray. <laughs> I learned how to do this at the Arthur Murray. Cosmetology. Uh hair. Oh, could be. Yeah, I, I, I was trying to get, a hair studio. I was trying to get the excitement too, and like excited arm. I learned how to do this at Arthur Murray. Where, where would you? <laughs> there you oh. go. <laughs> yeah, you put your whole shoulder. Yeah, then it. jump in the air freeze frame. When you say his name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. <Yeah. laughs> Click your heels together. I don't know, Leah. We may just have to. I'm, I'm thinking hair. I I will go with that. Can we hear the question one more time? Absolutely. Thank you. A repeat request, please. Yes, it's what I do. The question is, Arthur Murray started a chain of studios that taught what or that teach what? I would say hairstyling. That would be my guess. What do you think, Tim? That sounds good. Let's go with hairstyling. Hairstyling. Sorry, that's incorrect. Born Moses Teichman, Arthur Murray was an American ballroom dancer and businessman whose name is most often associated with a dance studio chain that bears his name. Look at that, Tim. Oh, I I would have. I had no confidence. Ballet and dance were the only things (laughs) in my mind, but Arthur Murray, that name's not familiar to me. His his pupils included Eleanor Roosevelt, the Duke of Windsor, John D. Rockefeller, Cornelius oh. Vanderbilt Whitney, Jack Dempsey, Elizabeth Arden, and Barbara Hutton. For some reason, I had a set in my mind you were going to say Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> no Ellen DeGeneres. We did, just see, we did just see her in EdTV, oh. which uh, oh, yeah. you should go listen to on the Doubled Feature podcast. Mark and I got together with uh, the aforementioned Max from Shiba Inu Illuminati and his co-host Dan for a episode about uh, Truman Show and Ed TV, twin <laughs> films, two films that came out in about the same year that kind of resemble each other in, in plot or structure. And so Mark and I watched those movies, Ed TV starring Ellen, or featuring Ellen, I should say, not starring. Uh, Matthew McConaughey stars in that. Um, and uh, yeah, we talked about those movies, and it was a good time. I actually enjoyed talking about ed tv which i did not think i would since it's not but, that great yeah yeah <laughs> ed tv it's, funny, it's always more fun to hate on that than to talk nicely about truman show but that's neither here nor there go listen to us uh chew the fat on that and uh yeah there you go yeah lee eleanor roosevelt not ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> lee so what you're telling me is this arthur murray guy's big time yeah, uh, well, they have uh, less chains now than they did. They still have a few hundred, I believe. Um, so it's it's not as as big as it once was. Probably big but, in the uh, from Arthur the thirties to thirties to fifties, probably. Um, he uh, their business prospered, especially in nineteen thirty eight and thirty nine, when Arthur picked two little known dances, the Lambeth Walk and the Big Apple, and turned them into dance crazes. The Big Apple. The name Arthur Murray became a household word. I want to bring back the... (laughs) Sorry. I want to bring back the Lamb Belt Walk. That sounds sounds like (laughs) something. (laughs) Yeah, I'd never even heard of that. Neither of those. Um, I can't even process that in my mind. (laughs) Yeah. I'm thinking the Ministry of Silly Walks. (laughs) But yeah, there there are now hundreds of them, uh, but not as many as there once was. 
Yeah, for some reason, I'm imagining the Lambeth walk is like a Huggy Bear type walk from Starsky and Hutch. I don't know why, but <laughs> what is a Lambeth? It's Lambeth. Lambeth. Oh. oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> now Lambeth, I know. <laughs> yeah, Lambeth. I don't know if that's a place in the UK, a town. But... Maybe. Lee, why don't you give us a question, buddy? All right, I will. My question concerns jellyfish and their life cycles. Okay. The free-floating stage of a jellyfish's life cycle is named after what figure of Greek myth? The free-floating stage of a jellyfish's life cycle is named after what figure of Greek myth? Hmm. I'm not sure. Are y'all familiar with the uh, the stages, the life stages of a jellyfish? No, I'm not. Not at all. Well, I'll tell you that they they usually start off uh, attached to the sea floor or some other kind of surface as a polyp, and the polyp clones itself and shoots out these little free floating jellyfish as clones, and those jellyfish kind of go out and if they get injured. Um, they return back to the polyp stage. They go back to the seafloor or some other surface and attach and then uh, uh, repopulate again, cloning themselves again. So this is the way when people talk about jellyfish being immortal, it is in this sense that they are immortal. Okay. They have clones. They can be individually damaged, but genetically they are, uh, they are the same. So they have, uh, generally speaking, two major uh, stages of their life cycle, one where they're attached, Polyp. one where they're free-floating. The free-floating stage of a jellyfish's life cycle is named after what figure of Greek myth? Let's see. Uh, I don't know, Mark, but one one answer was coming to mind. I was thinking um, Odysseus, kind of free-floating, how, uh, how he was on the boat in the Odyssey, and trying to think of something else, but either that or uh, Icarus. Flew too close to the sun. Yeah, kind of floating mm. out there in the sky with his wax wings. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have anything? Hmm. Trying to think. Of, yeah, I'm trying to think of something that's that's free floating. Yeah. I well, I mean, maybe like a dreamlike state. Mm-hmm. Morpheus. Oh, that's a good is one too. Greek? I think Morpheus is Greek. The Morpheus stage. I mean, I guess Dreamlike doesn't really like equate to free floating. Yeah. But I guess I think of like when you're dreaming and you're just maybe I'm just equating floating in a dream being a a normal or a usual thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, um, yeah, I'm just think. Yeah, I'm stuck on Odysseus once again. I'm not sure, but I just kind of think of them just. Just in the sea, ocean, wherever they were at, kind of just going from place to place. But I'm trying to think of other Greek figures. All the planets are named after Roman gods, right? Hmm. I think Could it be like Poseidon? Oh. The god of the sea? I, w- I was going to be like, mm. is that too on the nose? I was going to say, oh, not sure. But then, yeah, he's he's a god of the water. So can't rule that one out either. 
And I, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I like Icarus, and I'll tell you why. Why is that? Because the more I think about it, the more I think about, like, if they get injured, they fall back down and return to the polyp stage. It's got a little bit of on-the-nose-ish with the, uh, the, the, the wings melting. Yeah. Let's go with Icarus stage. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm he, cool he with that because... Float. Yeah, we could keep just coming up with Greek figures, and they all sound good. But, yeah, I'm cool yeah. with landing on Icarus. We're going to say the Icarus stage. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's incorrect. The Medusa stage. Medusa. I would have never oh, said that. I can, no. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure, but I can imagine it's because of the snake-like tentacles of looking course. like snake, snaky hair yeah. hanging down. That's snaky hair. Mm-hmm. The Medusa stage. Okay. Well, yeah, it looks like there's a... Uh, Jellyfish, the Medusa jellyfish. It's called the Immortal Jellyfish. I thought there was a Medusa jellyfish, mm-hmm. but I didn't oh, know yeah. there's a name yep. for its life cycle. So, yeah. Indeed. Tim, yes. your time to shine, bud. Okay, let's do this. Right, my first question is, what snack brand responsible for treats such as pecan spin wheels and zebra cakes currently uses the slogan, Unwrap a Smile? What snack brand responsible for treats such as pecan spin wheels and zebra cakes currently uses the slogan, unwrap a smile? Zebra cakes is Little Debbie? Is that right? Maybe. Okay. I did think Little Debbie at first, but they are not the only uh, brand on the corner. No. They certainly are not. Small Deborah. Hostess, right? Mm -hmm. Is another one. Oh, yeah. Maybe you're, I think you're right. I think maybe it is Hostess. Small Deborah does Star Crunch. Small Deborah does Zebra Cakes. Well, that's the thing. Cosmic Crunch. Cosmic Crunch. Star Crunch. I have, as a matter of fact, Lee, between me, you, and the wallpaper. Mm-hmm. I got some nutty buddies sitting in my clo- in my not my closet. Jesus Christ! There's no secret to my fatness. <laughs> sitting in my kitchen right now. Got a half it's open big- one in the damn fridge. Nice. So after this podcast, Mark, nutty buddy, going down. I think so. Maybe even during one of the breaks, Tim. If oh. I'm if I'm being completely frank. <laughs> um. So hostess does make. Um, you got the hostess cupcakes. They are very mm-hmm. big into the, uh, into the cream filled things. I think you're right, friend. I think it is hostess. Okay. They are is there a third player that we're, we're the maker looking of the Twinkie? over. Well, if there's one thing I've learned about hostess, unlike little Deborah, possibly they love a good small Deborah, small Deborah. They like a good cream filling. Mm hmm. They do. Many, many treats with a cream filling. It's their specialty, filling. even. Yeah. And I believe the zebra cakes do have a cream filling. Let's go with it. We're going to say Hostess. No, that is wrong. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's, it's little Deborah. Damn it. Small oh, Deborah. Oh, no. <laughs> Apologies to small Deborah. Oh, Lee. Passed over yet again. Yeah, and. Why do you How talk me out of it? <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Yeah, it was pretty much a 50-50 thing, but since it was the first question, mm-hmm. I thought I'd lob you guys a softball, but you just... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we fucked it up. Yeah, to tell you the truth, this question, this sent me on a, down a research rabbit hole, because uh, the internet said three different things, uh, and when you go to the store, the box says, uh, it says, today we bake on there. And my wife thought that would be a perfect tagline for 420. I agree with her. <laughs> and the uh, little sidecaps individually wrap one, say, unwrap a smile. And if you Google it, it says that the slogan is Little Debbie Has a Snack for You, which sounds very pervy to me. A <laughs> little bit. But little yeah, bit. Google's the only place. Unwrap a smile is right in the middle <laughs> yeah. zone. I, I actually had to, to find out the definitive answer email the public relations guy at McKee Foods. Oh, there you go. And he he gave me the answer that it's Unwrap a Smile. Today we bake is more ethereal branding about their employees' roles as bakers, but they use Unwrap (laughs) a Smile. Yeah. But they put today we bake on the on the packaging yeah, as well. Yeah, on the box. Yeah, and in their okay, so it is public facing. It's not just for the exactly. bakers. Exactly. In, in their most recent ads, it said today we bake too. So I was like, wait a minute, I got I got to mm. find this out straight from the source. Spill yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's spilling out. Well, it is the core of their business, so that doesn't surprise me. If the culture is expanding, you know, sometimes corporate doesn't get their say, man. Sometimes the bakers are the ones, man, that get the say. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I got another question for you. What one-hit wonder was released following its appearance in the movie Benny and June in 1993? You're smiling, Lee. I am, too. Oh, okay. Oh. I, 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 my, I, my smile started, and then it was... Uh, I, I feel more perplexed now. Like, I, I definitely need a second in my mind palace to start sussing here. But you... Uh, you feel like you might know this. I do, but I'm. I'd like to hear more about your sus. See what you're oh, thinking. Okay. Um, I want to watch you flail a little bit. <laughs> Benny little bit. and June. Mm-hmm. Benny and June. I think I've seen this once upon a time. Is this a, one of those movies that has like a like huge age gap? It's like a romance, maybe not necessarily like a physically intimate. Maybe it is. I don't know. But there's there's like the two central characters have a huge age gap between them. Am I remembering that correctly? I don't really know, to be honest with you, Tim. Um, I'm not sure. I know it was um, uh, Johnny Depp plays a quirky character in there, like in real life, I guess. But um, <laughs> yeah, I just yeah, I guess you could say it. But he's not the main character, though. No, right? he wears. A, I just remember him wearing like a bowler type hat, and he's trying to woo uh, mm. Mary Stuart Masterson's character. Um, it, it's like a love movie. I. I, it's about as memorable. Oh. It's about as memorable as Ed, Ed TV I'm, to me, to tell you the truth. Not gotcha. memorable. As I'm, I'm thinking of a different movie. Okay. I'm thinking of a different movie. I think. Um, the one I'm thinking of is kind of like a cult hit. It's like this older redheaded lady, like a senior redheaded lady, and like a teenage boy <laughs> with darker hair. Um, but it's got a. Uh, him and her type name as well. Okay. Similar to Benny and June. I can't remember the name of that movie though. Anyway, that changes everything. <laughs> Cause I was going to say Mrs. Robinson by the lemon heads, but they might've had another hit. That was a cover that they did of, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. 
I don't know if the, the so, Lemonheads, I don't know if they had another hit, but uh, do you want me to take this over, Lee? Is it Mary Mo? She's a vegetarian. You remember that song? I do not. <laughs> that was on Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, take over. I need help here. I'm drowning. Um, Mark, were you asking for the song or the band? The song. Okay. Yeah, I remember it was for ads of the movie, and it was actually a song that was released five years before the movie, but the movie made it uh, big. It's um, I'm Going to Be 500 Miles by the Proclaimers. Whoa. Okay. So, I'm going to be. Is that your guess? Yes. The Twins. Irish twins, right? From the album the Sunshine Irish? on Leith. Yes, that is correct. I'm going to be yes. and then parenthetical 500 miles and parenthesis. Good job, Tim. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think they're Scottish. That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. They're Scottish. And when they haver, they know they're going to be they're going to be the one that's havering with you. Whatever that means. He means throwing up. Don't they say that in the they song? Haver. They say whatever that means. No, they don't say they that. They know what? that you don't know. I don't think they say that. Am I wrong? What, Haver? Yeah, well, they say Haver, but they don't say whatever that means. Oh, no, they don't. Um, I think you Google's, maybe. It means talk foolishly or babble. Oh, okay. I must say that in my head. You may be thinking of the hit song, song uh, 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 four non blondes. What's up? Where they say, "Oh, whatever that means." <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. All right. Uh, motorsports history. My next category for y'all. In which European country did the first organized automobile race occur? In which European country did the first organized automobile race occur? In eighteen ninety five. I'll give you that as well. Jeez. Well, got a couple of guesses here. Italy, a famous motoring country, yeah. what with Ferrari. France, Germany, also a famous motoring country. Those are my top three guesses. Yeah, Italy sounds great. The only thing I have in my mind is Monaco, but I have no confidence. Well, Monaco, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I guess you'd count that different than France. Um, very famous uh, F1 track. Mm -hmm. Did wake up early this morning to watch the F1 race. Do want to shout out my boy Max Verstappen going from P14 to P1 and leading the Drivers' Championship. Checo Perez, or as they say in England, Checo Perez in second place, P2, shoving Ferrari down. You love to see it. Um, yeah, Monaco uh, would definitely be kind of like a dark horse, uh, small country, but is definitely one of those, like, a lot of people in F1 complain about Monaco because it's so, it's like a street race and the cars are so big now mm -hmm. that it's pretty hard to pass. It's definitely been around for a long time, has staying power. Yeah. I would not rule out Monaco. 
Um, I don't know, man. I just don't know. Mercedes being around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we can just basically close our eyes and pick one, my friend. Agreed. And I'm not too sure. You said first auto race, European country? First organized yeah. auto- automobile race occurring in which European country uh, in 1895? Um, out of the three you, you had, Mark, do you have uh, any bigger confidence, like, and any of them, like, Italy sounded really good to me. I was going to say, Italy is the first one I mentioned, and I think Italy is the one I feel strongest about. We know Ferrari's been around for a long fucking time. I think Lamborghini is made there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very storied history. Yeah. Um, with auto racing there. I, I'd say maybe we just shoot for Italy. Okay, I second that. Italy. I'm sorry. The correct answer is France. Oh, fuck. From Paris to Bordeaux. France. Well, that was my second choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're getting so close here today. Yeah. Yeah. This unlike last week where we were pulling shit out out of the gate with it. (laughs) Now it's so close, but so far. That's okay, boys. We'll We'll come on strong later. We got this one yep. that Tim's going to ask. We got this, Lee. All right, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Oh, and the movie that I was thinking of was Harold and Maude. Oh, yeah, Cat Stevens. I was confusing mm-hmm, with Be- Benny and yeah. June. Okay. Paired names in movie titles. That is a topic I might do a bonus round for in the future. Just uh, thinking of that right now. Um, lots of movies that have... Uh, Paired names in the titles. There's an IMDb list here of over 200 movies. Wow! <laughs> <that> fulfill that. <laughs> so, ripe for the picking for trivia. Yeah, yes. the only one I could think of off the top of my head. Remember that one with Meg Ryan and Hugh Jackman? I think there was a time travel component in it. Kate and yes. Leopold. Kate, I just yeah. looked at the list, so I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not too strong about that. But <laughs> oh, I thought I thought that was right in the front of your mind, like you were thinking of that all morning long. Well, it's, yeah, it's right there because I just put it there <laughs> like it <was> seconds ago. <laughs> Tim, how about we hear your uh, last question, round one? Okay. Meaning inkblot in German, Kleck was the appropriate high school nickname of what Swiss psychologist? Uh, Kleck, meaning inkblot? Yes, Kleck. K-L-E-C-K. Mm. Well, are you, you okay with just a last name? Uh, yes, that'll work. Yes, okay. I'm guessing that we both are thinking, we may actually get this one, goddammit, that the answer it's is inspired probably... Inspired a character in the comic series Watchmen. The Watchmen, yes. It's, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's got to be Rorschach. That would be my guess as well. Let's not overthink I it. Can't, I can't remember his first name either. Neither can I. It's something Rorschach. We're going to say Rorschach. With the first name Herman, with two N's, it's Herman Rorschach. Herman. Yes. Herman. 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 Okay, and his name was Kleck, meaning inkblot. That was his nickname in high school, yes. So did That's he come awesome. up with the Rorschach test in high school? I forgot the story. Uh, I, he didn't, but there was there was some thing. I think it was called Klexography that had to do with ink blots. It was a game that he was very into, and that's why he got the nickname. But 
The Rorschach test came later. The inkblot test came later. That's crazy. That's like being into Scrabble and then being like, you know what? I bet you if you just give someone letters and have them put out words, you can figure something out by them, and I'm going to call it Scrabbleology. It's like being into the game first and then being like, you know, this game mm-hmm. will teach you about people's personalities. That's that's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Cle- yeah. 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 Clexography is the art of making images from inkblots. Hmm. Well, damn. I guess you would just need some people to kind of co-sign what you're saying about it being, you know, worthwhile, and then you've got a movement going. Um, I don't know if inkblot test, if that's like still regarded as as uh, proper science or pseudoscience. Are they still using the inkblot <sighs> test? I, I want. I think it's interesting, but I don't know if you're gonna if you're gonna you know be unlocking the chambers of your mind. So I, I guess it's an analytical tool, right? Yeah, I, I would think it's. I wouldn't want to say discredited. Like, um, do, do you guys know about phrenology? That is. Yeah, is that like the like the the shapes of like skulls and stuff like that yeah. determining criminal behavior or like you know uh, pre predetermining criminal behavior? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, it's kind of racist, discredited like that, but very racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say kind of. Yeah. that's why it's discredited. Incredibly. Yeah, this reminds me of the meme that uh, is uh, says, "Who is this Rorschach guy, and why does he paint so many pictures of my parents fighting on his mask?" <laughs> <laughs> yep, beautiful. Yeah, I think it can be insightful as an analytical tool, but uh, probably as a component of a mental health review, not as a singular defining. All. Certainly not as a treatment. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're all done here. <laughs> you go think about that now. I'm finished. <laughs> I'll go think about it. Yes, Lee. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to uh, come right back with a uh, miscorrection, a uh, review I'd like to read, and our second round of trivia. We're back, and it's time for a missed correction. Missed corrections. San Marzano tomato is the type of tomato I was trying to think of during that sus. Thanks to those who pointed that out in email and on our Discord channel. And I just wanted to read this interesting review that we got here on our Apple reviews. Um I don't usually single out, you know, negative reviews to read, but this one bears uh, pointing out and an explanation, I think. The, uh, well, Mark, do you want to guess what, what number of stars we got on this review? We, a- we asked for five. Mm-hmm. We say five stars only, and we, we ask nicely. I'm going to guess some turd give please. us four. No, mm. Mark. Uh-oh. Sorry to say this is a three-star review. Okay. You might as well give us one. Well, I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> I do. What does it say? And listen, I'll explain. Didn't live up to its name. What? Wow. Okay. 
didn't live up to its name. That's how we're starting here. I've been on the search for a great trivia podcast since I don't get to watch Jeopardy because of scheduling. But I don't think this is the one for me. I was hopeful with the title, thinking it would be a lot of trivia questions with just a little bit of bantering. Hold on, my phone shut off. <laughs> I thought you were pausing for effect. I was hopeful with the title, thinking it would be a lot of trivia questions with just a little bit of bantering slash stories, but it was the reverse. Maybe a dozen questions in 30 to 35 minutes. Now, first, I'm going to say I know this person hasn't listened to many episodes because they said a dozen questions in 30 to 35 minutes. That's generous. (laughs) Yeah. It might take us 45 to 50 minutes to get through a dozen questions. But two, doesn't live up to its name. That's their whole gripe. Doesn't live up to the name. No nonsense. Too much bantering. Too much nonsense. I can't believe I have to say this out loud, but I guess I do. It's not no nonsense in the negative. There's no nonsense. There's plenty of nonsense on this podcast. Loads of it, as a matter of fact. This is a pun, okay? It's a type of joke called a pun. K-N-O-W. Like, you know nonsense. So don't be coming in here giving us three-star reviews when you don't understand the name. Yeah, I agree. I'm with him. 200 episodes plus, and you have to... Explain the name of the podcast. If I may, I'm if saying. I may address this listener, this this podcast is a trivia journey. If if it was just questions left and right, that'd be okay. But we're on a journey with our quiz masters, Mark and Lee. Thank you, Tim. And if you don't like it, get off the boat. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, and especially if you're going to get the name yes. wrong. I mean, please, you, we. Go back and give us five stars. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yep. All right. I completely agree. And also eat my nuts. Yes. I I second that nut eating comment. Thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you, Tim. If you'd like to write us with a missed correction, a rate my question, or even just a little no note, you can write to us at no nonsense trivia gmail.com. Call us at one nine two nine three five six six nine. Six six, or find us on social media. And if you have yet to do so, please take a moment to review our show on Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, Good Pods, and wherever else you might find our podcast available for review. All right, <sighs> I got that off my chest. Let's get back. Let's get let's get back into a good mood here. I was having fun. I'm sorry. I just I can't I hey, can't stand hey, for that. Sh- it's okay. We're all no your nonsense. friends here. It's like a great pun. Yeah, ju- yeah. Ju- just know the person that wrote that, they're probably just having an awful time right now. <laughs> they're probably not listening. I think they've moved on, <laughs> honestly. But if they hear it, that was that was some raw truth for you right there. That's true. And I've got some other truth here about the best-selling NES game oh. of all time that wasn't bundled with the console. Released in, by Nintendo in 1989 and featuring St. Basil's Cathedral on its title and ending screens, what is the best-selling Nintendo Entertainment System cartridge of all time that was never sold with the NES game console as a bundle? 
I don't know if you can see behind me, guys, but I got, well, it's a retro USB. It plays NES cartridges. I got that hooked up right now. Oh, hell yeah. Nice. I actually have mine hooked up. I haven't turned it on in a while, but I, I got it hooked up the other day, and I'm really anxious to get back Guys, on this thing. is going to shock the shit out of you, but I have one hooked up to my TV out in the living room. Yeah! That is awesome. That's a turkey for Nintendo right there. <laughs> Now, Tim, in saying this, is that saying that you know the answer? I don't know, but I have a really good uh, inclination. Um, Lee, you said it features St. Basil's Cathedral at the end, at the beginning and end. Yes, the title and ending screens. Okay, <sighs> trying to think of a title screen of this game. Um, Mark, the thing I have in mind is Castlevania. Wow. It was just, I just remember very gothic imagery in that game. Um, wow, that's a great, so I'll tell you my guess. Okay. My guess is Tetris. Oh, 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 y- yep, you're right. <laughs> I- now, I mean, see, here's the thing. Okay. I don't think it was ever bundled with Nintendo. It was bundled with the, the Game, Boy. Game Boy, yes, but not. With, and I, and I could imagine that the the building they have is called Saint Basil's mm-hmm. Cathedral. Yeah, um, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Castle. But yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right because I remember that uh, Russian looking building on the, on the front. And I don't know if you guys know this. There's actually two different uh, Tetrises on the NES. Uh, there's one developed by Tengen, but they got sued by Nintendo because Nintendo uh, of America wanted to release their own version. And I did not know that. Yeah, because of that, Tengen became an unlicensed. It, all mm. their cards are different, and yeah, you, you couldn't rent them or buy them at stores. You had to get a mail order because Tengen pissed off Nintendo. Oops, don't want to piss off Nintendo. Yeah, Mark, I think, um, yeah, I- I'm off of Castlevania now. I think you're definitely right. We're going to shoot for it. We'll see what happens. We're going to say... Tetris! Tetris. The number one best-selling game cartridge of all time for the NES was Super Mario Brothers. The second was Duck Hunt. And the third was Super Mario Brothers 3 which were all bundled at one point or another with the original NES. The fourth best-selling NES cartridge of all time, and the top to not have been bundled with the NES ever, is Tetris. Yes! All right! Well done. Motherfucking Mark Davis! (laughs) That was a nice build-up there. Yes. Thank you. I was like, this motherfucker is about to say Castlevania. <laughs> and Tim, interesting backstory there about the uh, the Tengen uh, cartridge. Because, yes, this was the first Tetris game to be totally developed and uh, published by Nintendo. I guess the Game Boy version was a uh, uh, collaboration with another developer. I don't know if it was Tengen or another developer. But okay. uh, that's an interesting additional fact about this copy of Tetris being the first to be wholly developed and published by Nintendo. Yeah, and I, I have both versions. The Tengen one is actually – people say it's superior. It actually has multiplayer, like oh, back-to-back yeah. screens while the uh, – Kind of like Dr. NES, Mario. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. 
And the NES one is just a single player. Or you yes. go alternate, maybe? No, that, I don't, it doesn't have a two-player mode. It has an A and B mode. I believe the B mode already has pieces mm-hmm. on the game screen, and you've got to fill them in, but no two-player mode. Right. That's when you know you're getting pretty good at Tetris is when just a blank slate won't do anymore. Don't make me build my obstacles. <laughs> just give them to me. Yeah, Game Boy Tetris, I I always started on level 9. I, I needed a challenge. Like, started off... I never started go. on the default level. Nice. I probably pushed it to like three or four. I don't know if I started at nine, though. That's uh, that's pretty good. Lee Big Spender Brush Knight, I starting on level three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no Arthur Murray when it comes to Tetris. <laughs> I know None my limitations. <laughs> Mark. Yes, I'm writing you a special question here. Oh. Ooh. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, we did have some folks write down Castlevania for that answer. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it, yeah, it, it, that makes sense because I was starting to second guess myself. No, right. When um, you said Tetris, I was like, you got it because I was trying to think of the Castlevania start screen. And I remember a bat. I think it was just Transylvania. Now that I think about it mm. Not at the beginning. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm going to give you the hard version of this question. That's why I'm. I I feel bad because I don't know. Um, I don't know how accessible or or whatnot it will be for for players out there. Are you an AEW guy, Tim? Uh, no, I am not. Damn. Mm. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, yeah, they're like a uh, you know the the second biggest pro wrestling company right now. Yeah, right, I'm well, relying on you here. They're my favorite, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here, uh, here's your question. AEW wrestler Brody King sings for what hardcore band? Hmm. I do know this. Okay. <laughs> I do Take actually know this, yeah. Why do I bother? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think you should leave as uh, a show, comedy show that uh, Mark kind of put me on to that also features a cameo by Brody King in it, um, playing uh, something The Rock. It's weird. His nickname's The Rock as the character in the show. I'm like, yeah, you already got The Rock in real life. You can't, you can't double down on The Rock as a wrestler. But Mike, the, I think it's Mike The Rock Davis, now that I think about it. It's very close to your name, Mark. Well, Anyway. I'm going to start calling you The Rock. Anyway, the band that he is the singer for, um, which might actually be his entrance music, too. I think it might be the same band. God's Hate is the name of the band. That is correct. God's Hate is correct. Yeah, he has a crazy, powerful-sounding voice. Yeah, he's an angry man. Mm -hmm. Did you listen to it? Uh, I did. Yeah. Yes. He seems so pleasant my in old interviews. Friend, he seems uh, like a really nice, like well-mannered guy in interviews. He's just covered in tattoos. He's got some really crazy-looking tattoos. He recently had a match with Darby Allen where he was thrown outside the ring and his head was all busted open from thumbtacks and he was like being choked on the ropes. And this guy is like really big. He's tall, so for like this little guy to be like throwing him around and stuff like that is pretty interesting but i remember his face like through the blood looked like the giant face that he had tattooed on his chest it's like mm. psychedelic screaming a very intense image um but yeah i like him seems like a nice guy 
Yeah, I uh, I <laughs> I listened to them. Uh, I went and visited our old friend Joe, um, and while I was there, he was listening to it. And he's like, "Yeah, actually, this guy fights in AEW." He goes, "Do you watch wrestling?" I go, "Oh no, not you too." <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> We're closing in, Mark. Seriously, I uh, won't fault you for loving wrestling, Lee, but from the moment Mark mentioned AEW. That was all you, man. I, yep. I hadn't heard of God's hate either. Hmm. Yeah, he, I think he might be better known as as a wrestler. I don't. I wonder if uh, you know. Th- there's a lot of our friends over at Nice Guys listen to hardcore music. I wonder if they would know him and his band. I know Mark. You're up there for trivia on Wednesdays. Maybe you can ask them that question. I don't know that they would uh, know it, but I could. I could try. I think swing Jamie, it to them. Jamie, Greg, some of the folks over there, they might know it. They listen they to might. like every time I die and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. had uh, um, the guitarist is also a wrestler in AEW. The guitarist of Every Time I Die, he is the butcher, part of the tag team, the Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So lots of crossover there. Anyways, Tim, do you have a question for us? I do. Let's okay. Here we go. Featured alongside Susan B. Anthony, Betty Friedan, and Gloria Steinem. What titular female TV character is pictured above the grim question, is feminism dead, on the cover of the June 29, 1998 edition of Time magazine? Mm. Featured alongside Susan B. Anthony, Betty Friedan, and Gloria Steinem, what titular female TV character is pictured above the grim question, is feminism dead? On the cover of the June 29, 1998 edition of Time Magazine. 1998? Yes. So socially aware, and you specified fictional, right? Uh, did you I, use the word fictional? I did not, oh, but... Okay. okay, so you, you just said titular. Titular female yeah. TV character. TV but, character. Um, but yeah, I, I can throw that out there. Fictional, yes. Okay. Okay, so not Oprah. Socially aware in the late nineties, titular well, female. She TV doesn't character. have to necessarily be in the late nineties. Yeah the 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 magazine was released, but Gloria Steinem is in yeah. there. Susan Beatrice Anthony. I don't even know if her middle name was Beatrice. Um, she doesn't have to be in the nineties, but we can go up to the nineties. Mm-hmm. Lucille Ball. Um, hmm. Susan B. Anthony's middle name is Brownell. Ooh, good to know. Um, Mary Tyler Moore. Hmm. Very working woman. Yep. Very known for breaking a lot of ground. Hmm. I guess it would be weird to have Laverne or Shirley, one or the other. Can't not, have yeah. one without the other. Yeah. Love and marriage. Yeah, like, like Kate and Leopold. Can't have one without the other. <laughs> yeah, um, Mary Tyler Moore, that's that's a good one. First one that jumped out at me. Um Murphy Brown. Ooh that's actually kind of good. Thank you. I mean Um Suddenly Susan? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Probably more likely to be Murphy Brown, I'd imagine. Sorry, I'm supposed to be impartial, but I had to laugh. <laughs> Suddenly, Susan. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Singing 90s uh, 
TV titular characters here. Mm-hmm. First name suddenly, last name Susan. <laughs> suddenly, what if her Susan, name was Susan suddenly. suddenly, and that was suddenly, comma Susan? <laughs> when I say suddenly, you say Susan. Suddenly, Susan. 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 Um, I think Mary Tyler Moore or Murphy Brown. Those are definitely the two strongest. Mm-hmm. I'm down with going. I'm down with Brown. If you want to, if you want to try Brownell and the, Brown, down with Brownell, <laughs> Downell with Brownell, Murphy Brown. I'm down with uh, Candace Bergen as uh, as Murphy Brown. She uh, she well, you know, we also know that, or maybe you don't know that. Ooh, you know, I think you're right because. There was a huge debate between her and what's the name? Uh, Dan Quayle, I think, oh. about her being a single mother on her TV show. The potato guy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's go with let's go with Murphy Brown. Let's do it. Murphy Brown. We're gonna say Murphy Brown. I'm sorry that is incorrect. Fuck! Ah. Come on! I gotta say, you guys kind of went down the wrong, wrong route. Um, Susan B. Anthony, Betty for Dan, Gloria Steinem, they're all feminists, but the reason is, the grim question was, it's feminism dead. It was a character feminist hated around that time. Oh. Yeah. The other guy call, from Frasier, the disc <laughs> no, jockey. They call, they call their uh, self-absorbed, angst-ridden, and the show was big around the time. It's Ali Daria? Oh, Allie McBeal. Oh. Dancing yep. baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, according to this article, um, I don't remember Allie McBeal being that offensive, but they call her sniveling, emaciated, and preachy in this article. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just seemed like a, like, kind of a fun drama, like moments of comedy, moments of drama. I don't know. I didn't get that yeah. from it either. Uh, apparently, yeah, not not too well liked by um, feminists, I guess. But yeah, the Time magazine it was set to a black background, and right under Callista Flockhart's face says, "Is feminism dead?" Wow, a mile Jeez. marker for our times. Yes, Allie McBeal. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, Lee. Historic figures and Broadway. Ooh, it's kind of okay. a dual category here. There's no business like show business. You can't get a man with a gun. And anything you can do, I can do better. Are songs from a musical by Irving Berlin that starred Ethel Merman as which historical figure? There's no business like show business. You can't get a man with a gun. And anything you can do, I can do better. Are songs from a musical by Irving Berlin that starred Ethel Merman as which historical figure? No clue. Yeah, I mean, I've heard of anything you can do, I can do better, and there's no business like show business, but... There's no business like show business. Yeah, the thing that's drawn me is, like, historical figure. I thought those were all, like, kind of fictional. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's a historical figure probably then in Hollywood. Yeah. I would yeah, guess. When he said you can't get a guy with a gun, I don't know if there's any. Oh, oh, I think. Oh, oh, 
I think I got something. I, I was thinking, can't get a guy with a gun, Annie Oakley. And I think there's a Broadway musical called Annie Get Your Gun. Let's do it. Fuck it. Uh, were you asking for the historical figure? or That's right. Uh, yeah. Ethel Merman as which historical figure? Okay, I guess if you're cool with the mark, Annie Oakley? We're going to say Annie Oakley. That is absolutely correct. God damn, well Tim Well done, Gomez. Tim. Well done. Uh, you used yeah, just, the song titles involved as the clues. You figured it out. Show business, guns. Annie Oakley, and, famous sharpshooter associated with Buffalo Bill's Wild West Sideshow. Yeah, well fantastic done, question, Lee, because I was thinking I was just gone Annie Oakley, and then I was like, Annie, get your gun. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Well yeah. done. All right, here's your next question from me. The Harry Nilsson song, Gotta Get Up, was frequently used in which Netflix original series? Are you uh, familiar with the song, Lee? Because I'm not. Off no. the top of my head. I know uh, Can't Live If Living Is Without You by Nilsson. Yes. I know he's had a bunch of hits. Uh, that that's the only one I know too, and I, I, I he know he's me and, and my arrow. Is that him too? <laughs> Straight up and arrow. That might be somebody else. Um, okay. Yeah, I know he's a very talented uh, yes. singer and songwriter, and I should have probably delved into him a little bit more. Gotta get up is the name of the song they said. I think it's used frequently in which Netflix series. Original, yes. Netflix original, original series. Nilsson. Let's see. He's big can, in the seventies. Uh, yes. Can you name uh, any Netflix original series? Oh yeah. Lee? Outside of like Stranger Things, I'm- Stranger Things, House of Cards, Gracie and Frankie. Uh, oh, my wife watches that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called Frankie and Grace, Grace and Frankie. Frankie, yeah. Frankie and Grace, one of yeah, another two name paired name uh, media. Lily Tomlin's thing. mug all over my TV. The Sandman just um, came out. Yeah, I don't know if I'm off base here, but I uh, gotta get up. Is that kind of like a? You think it's like a social cause thing? Like, I don't know. Hmm. Rise up. I don't know if there's any show that has to do with that, but yeah, I don't even know what the song sounds they, they like. They have a ton of series, out. yeah. Yeah. Mm. Can we hear the question one more time, please? Absolutely you can. The Harry Nilsson song, Gotta Get Up, was frequently used in which Netflix original series? Was frequently used. So is it a show that is no longer active? Maybe. 13 Reasons Why. That was a single season, I think, or two seasons, maybe. Netflix also famous for canceling series. Uh, Yeah. That's why they have so many. (laughs) They usually only do like two or three seasons. There have been more than one season. There may still be another season. Mm. Interesting. There was a second season that was released this year. Oh, okay. Maybe it is. I think you should leave. Maybe that's like the bumper music that they use on that show or something. And I just never recognized it. 
It's like a short sample. I think there's only two seasons of that. Yeah, my my audio dropped out for a second. Did you say it's a show that currently just got into its second season? Yeah, this this year it got its second season. Then there may be another. Oh, okay. And I think yeah, I've I've heard that show talked about so much, and that's Netflix originally. I believe so. Sketch okay. comedy show. Hmm. So yeah, had some others, but uh, that one is I uh, know one Mark likes and enjoys, and it could be juicy that we just talked about Brody King and I mentioned. I don't, you know, sometimes thinking about it this meta. Often I would say, often thinking about it in a meta context will take us down the wrong, wrong path. Mm-hmm. But there is, I mean, he said it's frequently used, and so that's a show that has bumper music uh, that come between the sketches. And there's a theme song, I think, at the beginning, too, that's not much longer. But maybe that's a little clip from it. And then it sounds kind of 70s. They usually have like some bright colors going across the str- screen when they, <laughs> when they go between the sketches. Yeah, and there's definitely something to knowing your quiz master. So mm-hmm. if Mark likes... I think you should leave. That that sounds like a pretty good road to go down. And I think it matches the hints that they gave as well. Yeah, because otherwise we're just we're just going to random titles of Netflix shows. So mm-hmm. even Black Mirror, I think, had some an original Netflix season. Let's go yeah. with it. Let's go with. I think you should leave. Yes, I'm. Let's go with that. Yes. Sorry, that's incorrect. I know, I know. This is a series that uh, stars Natasha Leone. Oh, Russian doll. Amy Poehler, Russian doll is the correct answer. It is a music whenever she is reset in the first season of Russian doll. Hmm. Yeah, that's Is that like a sleeper agent type show? I've never seen it. I don't know enough to tell you, to be honest with you. I've, I've heard it's very, very good. Oh, you said she was reset, so I didn't know it was like a Manchurian what, candidate type thing. That's what the internet tells me. Whenever she dies, she is reset. Oh, okay. Um, so I think it's kind of like reliving her uh, section of her life. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I like that question. It's hard, but it's one of those. That's why I love trivia. It can be made easier with a hint by adding an action drama comedy. But I, I like it in its original state. It, mm-hmm. it there's a good sus to be had with it for sure. I, I like it a lot. With, uh, Mark. Other contenders for the song were "Not Tonight" by Lil Kim, "Crazy Feeling" by Lou Reed, and "No Fun" by the Stooges. <laughs> Diverse selection. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Those are her upside down songs. <laughs> <laughs> Tim. Yes, sir. Cap us off with our second round, bud. Okay. Also also called atopic dermatitis. What skin condition holds a distinction of being the only word to decide the champion in two separate national spelling bees? Also called mm. atopic dermatitis. What skin condition holds a distinction of being the only word to decide the champion in two separate national spelling bees? Eczema? That that was my thought. Probably not acne. No. But eczema. Probably. That's my guess. 
That was that was the one that that came to mind too. Um, you want to think of some other skin conditions, maybe rash. I kind of have to poop, okay. so I think <laughs> so we should just to... go with eczema. <laughs> All right, let's go. So, so fast us. <laughs> okay, I have... eczema. I won't delay your poop. Oh, what was that, Lee? Eczema. It is eczema. Yes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Hell well, yeah. That's a fantastic question. I love the way that that's structured, by the way, Tim. Yeah, me too. That's great. Yeah. Uh, normally, I would have put uh, it's sponsored by Scripps, but they didn't start sponsoring it till 1941. And uh, Eczema first won it in 1936 at the 12th Spelling oh. Bee. So and, you have to, mm. you have to yeah. broaden it a little bit. You can't just yes. say the Scripps Spelling Bee. Yeah, and on Wikipedia, they, it, it calls it the National Spelling Bee as well. So, and there you uh, go. Don't yeah, turn it into a factoid, folks. Don't be adding scripts to this. Mm-mm. No, no. Yeah. yeah. 1936 and 1965, it was the winning word. Um, Wikipedia also says the word albumin won two spelling bees. But uh, Wikipedia looks like there's wrong, was wrong. I checked a uh, newspaper clipping online from 1928, and I, albumin did not win the fourth spelling bee. It was, uh, it was actually mm. a quite easy word, neck. K-N-A-C-K. The words were much easier back then. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, the competition these days is fierce, I guess. Yeah, the... uh, That's like... At at, uh, trivia... At 90s Music Trivia, there was like a team I collected their answer sheet, and they were like, these are really tough. And I I brought it back to the the scoring station, and three other teams had gotten a perfect score that round. (laughs) I was like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, they might be tough for you, but, you know, they could probably stand to be a little harder even for, uh, you know, some practiced folks. And I think that's what happened is you got people sorting it out in the spelling bee. You got to raise the, the the difficulty a little bit. Get eczema in the mix. Can't be go with knack or acne or anything like that. <laughs> Any of those ack words. Um, with uh, the 1936 one where eczema was a champion, there was a uh, big controversy. There was um there was a... Uh, black competitor named Magnolia Cox, and she was the favorite to win her high IQ, but I guess 1936, racism, all that, they um, they put in a word that wasn't approved. Oh, really? An unsanctioned that, word? Yeah, that was, yeah, an unsanctioned word. It was nemesis, and that was a word that wasn't really known at the time. Wow. I guess it just came into... So they, they pretty much knew she wouldn't have a chance, and I think she got in fifth place. But those bastards! Yeah, that, that was nice. Yeah, nineteen thirty-six Magnolia Cox. I, I didn't really have time. I wrote that question pretty quick, so I didn't really have time to look. I'll look into it more. But uh, actually, and it looks like there is a, yeah, there's a book that spelled out her name Magnolia. That sounds like a good. Yeah, I had never heard that story before. Wow. It's it's almost crazy that um, you know she was a contestant. I would have thought since you know uh, they couldn't be in schools, uh, black students said it's bad. <laughs> it's awful that they play dirty pool like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like they were trying to play both sides. You know, yes, like yes. show oh we're socially aware by including her, but having her win that was too much. So they had to sabotage yeah. her. Those jerks. Yes, she had a. She was the odds-on favorite to win. High I, high IQ, and yeah, the word was nemesis, which just said she memorized a hundred thousand words with a straight A 
student that had an IQ of a genius, but they gave a word that wasn't really nemesis, wasn't known then, not in the public consciousness. We're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back with a Write My Question and our third round of trivia. Oh, yeah. All right, party people. Yeah, I'll, I'll edit that in, your uh, anecdote there. I think there's there okay. will be some room for it. People will just think that we're yes. wait, making Mark wait really long to poop. <laughs> just like, let him go. Let my man let go. Let him go. Let him go. <laughs> that, that person who wrote that scathing review wouldn't be interested in yeah. Mark's poop journey. Yep. Yeah. Just ask a question. Mm-hmm. Poop after. Ah, here's nonsense again. <laughs> what about their title? Sus now, poop later. You should make a logo that says that, Lee. With like a skull, like a skull and crossbones. Sus now, poop later. Oh, pl- please, please do, and you guys are all red in the face. Like, after the podcast, we can go. <laughs> all right, we're back, and it's time for a Write My Question. Write My Question. Okay, this is the Write My Question that came paired with Adam V's question from uh, last week, the uh, question about Classio Storico, or Calcio, Calcio Storico. I forgot the uh, typo here. There was a missed thing that happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and sorry, apologies to that, Adam, uh, about our uh, ineptitude <laughs> to write my question last week. And by R, I mean mine. Anyways. Uh Adam included a clip of the game, which uh, we'll put in the show notes both for that episode and this episode in case you missed it and you want to see it being played out of Florence, not Vatican City. Mm -hmm. And here's the write my question. Adam writes, I love this bit of history, but I can't seem to find a way to make it a question that people are capable of answering. Here we go. This is the fact. On April 18th, 1930. The BBC's Daily News Bulletin simply announced there is no news today before airing piano music for the remainder of the 15-minute time slot. On April 18, 1930, the BBC's Daily News Bulletin simply announced there is no news today before airing piano music for the remainder of the 15-minute time slot. Adam continues, it seems like such a quirky event that one can't even fathom today, but I'm not sure there's a way to make it Pibs worthy. Keep up the great work. Adam. Well, what do you my think first they were doing? Thought- Smoking some pot? <laughs> they just wanted to take a 15-minute break? Maybe they had to poop? Maybe. Everybody, all at once. Um, my first thought, it would be relatively easy, I think, but maybe what international news source? Exactly what I was thinking, mm-hmm. yes. Did this. Okay, we're done here. That's the yeah, right <laughs> <think about>, <laughs> No, we can think about it, but I feel like going any other avenue would make it still be a hard question. Like, I've heard this fact a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard it posed in question form. You could ask, yeah, so the things that you could ask about this are, in what decade did this occur? I was thinking that, too. Who was yeah, it? Yeah. Which news organization was it? You could ask what the bulletin said if you wanted an insanely difficult trivia question. <laughs> there yeah. is no news today. What did they report on April 18th, 1930? That would be that version, I would think. Like, what was reported by the BBC? But that's that's really, really difficult. I would probably go with, uh, with the organization. That would be my first attempt. Which organization did this? I might ask what decade it is. 
and uh, just for funsies, maybe if there was a uh, quiz of only people that listen to this podcast, and we talked about this in the past, and I knew that, then I might ask this question about what was reported. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would bother with what type of music was played, piano music, or how long they played That's it for. BBC is the primary route I would mm-hmm. go, but if you want to go other route, what type of music are us thinking? Maybe listing some nineteen some events that happened in nineteen thirty, but on this, what year did it mm-hmm. happen? But on this day, nothing happened. And you yeah, can kind of juxtapose it with things that happened in nineteen thirty. That's interesting. That's another route you could take. But yeah, I like that better than. Uh, I'm with Mark. Than asking about like maybe some of the too trivial items from. From this, I know I initially said um, yes. international, but maybe I would have just said news organization. And I'm looking around at the uh, the Snopes.com article, and it mentions that the BBC were still in their infancy. So maybe I'd throw that in Ooh. as some like colorful language to say um, on April whatever April 18th, 1930. Um, what news program or what news source still in its infancy? Uh, you know, announced that there was no news followed by 15 minutes of piano music. I think that would probably I, be. I would even say maybe you could take out the piano music mm-hmm. and just have news organization to kind of get print media involved. Just say which reported that there was no news for the day. Because that in and of itself, I think, is pretty unique. I don't God, think the these New York days, Times ever did that. Yes. These days are like Rihanna sat on her leg today while she was listening to someone talk. <laughs> Can you believe it? Yes. Here's Rihanna other sat actors. on her hand to make it feel like someone else. Here's other actors and actresses that have sat on their leg while listening to someone. <laughs> Here's a t- ten item listicle. Yeah, of now, people who have sat on their leg, interspersed with ads. Other news like this: John Cena sat crisscross applesauce, playing with a kid at recess. Who else has sat crisscross applesauce? How do you feel about them not saying Indian style anymore? <laughs> I had some folks write down crisscross applesauce for my lotus position question, my yoga question, and I, I struggled to not give them points, but I don't think that that is the term in yoga that is used uh, most frequently. Maybe outside I think there's something different with the legs going on, too, between crisscross applesauce mm, and lotus. Yep. Yeah, like you have to have foot coming up. Your feet thing. have to be off the ground, I think, on both for mm. lotus, crisscross yeah. applesauce. Anything goes. <laughs> feet firmly on the ground, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, news organization in its infancy, it definitely broadens the possibilities. The only problem I would have with that, I, I would think I, I would think just U.S. news agencies. I, I think putting international in there, although it makes it an easy question, it's, I, I think it takes away from the BBC if you just put news organization yeah. and not the international. It, to me, though, that's like uh, there are a few. You could probably think of a few international news organizations, but the BBC is so large that it's almost like a dead giveaway, I think, including international. But it is that's a knob that you can tweak based on how difficult. Sometimes you need an easier yeah. question. You're like, well, I don't have an opening question yet. Yeah. So, you know, put international in there. And uh, I think there's a couple different ways that that you could look at this, but this is a very interesting fact. Uh, so it's getting a capital I, no matter what I would say, mm-hmm. uh, no matter how you write it. Yes. Um, but yeah, there's uh, we've we've marked some things out that you could use as a hint if you want to include the piano music. That would be a hint that it's not a print publication. People are paying attention. Uh, and yeah, you can ask about the organization, the time period, and uh, what was reported as well. 
So hopefully that gives you some ideas. Adam, thanks again for the question. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question, a or, miscorrection. Or rate us with a rate my question. Mm. A miscorrection or even just a little no note. You can do so at no nonsense trivia gmail.com or call us at one nine two nine three five six six nine six six. Tim, it's your time to lead us in a round or third round here on this 217th episode of the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. Gentlemen, I am honored. Let's do this. Defined as having two slopes on each side, with the lower slope being noticeably steeper than the upper, what type of roof is the subject of a 1923 Edward Hopper painting and a 2007 Vampire Weekend song? <laughs> defined as having two two <laughs> defined as having two slopes on each side with the lower slope being noticeably steeper than the upper what type of roof is the subject of a 1923 Edward Hopper painting and a 2007 Vampire Weekend song hmm so i i i start thinking a frame and then i remember the vampire weekend has a song called a punk and that's when my brain shuts down on this question, because I'm like, I'm already in the wrong spot. But Edward Hopper, we know him from his famous painting, uh, Nighthawks, the mm-hmm. bar or the, uh, well, it's, a, it's, like it's a, a bar. Uh, it's a, like coffee a, yeah, bar or something. Like a, mm-hmm. like a waffle house. A soda jerk spot. <laughs> a pharmacy. You got the Philly Blunt sign. Or no, it's a different Blunt, isn't not it? Sure They're advertising Blunt yeah. in the Edward Hopper painting. Nighthawks. But you know, you've got the dapper gentleman and the lady in the red dress and the guy behind the counter. Edward Hopper smoking that image. It's it's uh it's a scene that's been parodied and mimicked several times in pop mm-hmm. culture. And it is the subject of another of his paintings. A roof with one slope steeper than the other. A roof. And it's also the name of an American, American, a vampire weekend song. Almost an American vampire. I'll never be able to hit, American I'll never vampire get to and, hear vampire weekend without thinking of one of my fam- favorite disses of all time, which was on the flagrant ones where they said they referred to their producer who is wearing a button up shirt saying he looked like vampire weekday. <laughs> and that shit is stuck with me hardcore. Tim, can can we hear the question one more time, please? And to tell you the truth, I uh, while you guys were sussing, I uh, rewrote the question to make it a little more accessible at the okay. end. Okay, yeah, sure. Just let's the, hear the updated uh, version. Just the end part. Uh, defined as having two slopes on each side, with the lower slope being noticeably steeper than the upper. What type of roof is the subject of a 1923 Edward Hopper painting? And Vampire Weekend's 2007 debut single. It's the name of the single? Yes. Okay, it's not like partially named. It is it is the name of the single. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So, uh, Vampire Weekend, they had Oxford, comma, A-Punk, What were some other songs by them? 
Yeah, and the only change I made instead of saying a 2007 Vampire Weekend song, just to put the qualifier, it was their debut single. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I mean, that definitely narrows it down. Um, and it helps you not give up if you're only familiar with their yeah. early work. Some bands yeah. are like that. You get into their when they first break out, and then you know that becomes the album that you listen to when you. I listen wish to I them. knew more about yeah. Vampire Weekend. I know more about their latter album. Um, Oxford, comma a punk. I I remember just hearing them and being like, "This sounds like Talking Heads." I thought like Paul, uh, Simon. Paul Simon, yeah. Yeah. Graceland, Graceland era. Yeah. yeah. And I'll read the beginning part again just to describe yeah. the roof. If it the lower you. part if- is steeper than the upper part. Yes. Defined as having two slopes on each side with the lower slope being noticeably steeper than the upper. So you got your roof is doing this thing. It goes whoop and then poosh, <laughs> whoop poosh. Exactly right? what they teach them in architecture. You got a whoop, school. and then you yes. got a boosh. This roof goes whoop. Boosh. Wait, is that what you're? Yeah. I was picturing yeah. like whoop, boop. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's not like it's not like an A. It's it's got two, it's got a, two slopes on each side. So the first slope is not as steep as the second. It goes whoop, and then it goes boosh. Hmm. And it's the subject I, of a think, Edward Hopper painting. I think Mark actually did that during the break, too. <laughs> I did go whoop boosh. <laughs> yeah, he did a whoop swoosh. <laughs> and maybe a couple of swooshes in there. Who knows? The world may never know. I did I did put it on mute. Swisher Sweets? Is that the... No. Could be Swisher Sweets. Could be Phillies. I, I think it's Phillies. Okay. Um, don't know enough about Edward Hopper. Don't know enough about Vampire Weekday. I hate mm-hmm. this. Me too. Vampire Weekend. I listened to this album a few times. I should know this. You certainly should. And you're also, and I will say, you're also an artist. That man, Ed Hop. Yeah. Yep. I do like Edward Hopper too, but I'm not really familiar with his works on a individual. Obviously, Nighthawks is very famous, but I've appreciated his work in the past. I've probably seen this painting. If I remember correctly, he's from the Nyack area, which is where my uh, family is oh. is from. Oh, cool! Nyack, You're basically Edward Hopper. Basically, him. I should know this. <laughs> no, I I don't know. It, Corsica does it start with a C. I don't know. Say it. Say Corsica. I don't think See I don't think I that's care. a song. I'm trying to marry Poppins the shit right Maybe now. Maybe it is you know? a punk. Long sus. They'll just like. Got an, we're getting an A-punk roof. I, I don't think... It's, it can't be called an Oxford no. comma roof. That's stupid. <laughs> I would hate that. Uh, A-punk? There's no way it's called an no, A-punk roof. not at all. What was their first fucking single? How what did Oxford comma go? Like sing that? it to Too me. slope. Who gives a fuck about an Oxford comma? I've seen those English dramas too. Too? Mm. Um, I first heard that song on an episode of How I Met Your Mother. It's like the oh. season five opening or something. They name drop Little John in that song. Really? Little, 
He yeah. always tells the truth. Small Johan. Do, yeah. do, 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 do. I think I read they became friends with them due to that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's take a different approach, Mark. What would you call this roof? I don't know. A drop-off? A two-sider. A buy-dip. Can you just describe the roof to me again? Uh, yes, I can. Let's see. Okay, uh, defined as having two slopes on each side, with the lower slope being noticeably steeper than the upper. So the top is a little bit more flat. And then there's a drop. That off. just does not sound right to me. Your your drawing of it, your explanation of it to me. I, I don't know why. <laughs> Tim, am I am I more or less right in how I'm describing this? I I feel like Marks was was more on the dot. Well, it was more was more on the spot. The way he did it with his hands, but how I've many actually- planes are there? I'm I'm imagining there's four planes on this roof. There's the two upper planes. You've got the spine of the roof in between those two planes. And then you have another spine on each side of the roof that creates two more planes coming down. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm looking more roof. on it. it. It looks like there's like, uh, you guys both seem kind of right. There's like two styles of this roof, but. There's two all. styles. <laughs> yeah, convex and concave, but that's all I'll add. There's a concave version of this where it collects the water <laughs> that rains on. What is this? The, the garden? <laughs> I think we just. They're New Yorkers. To- Vampire Weekend are from New York, I think. So that's interesting that Ed Hopper also from New York. It's Nyack Central. Choo choo. Mm-hmm. Just. Nyack Central. Roof. Roof. <laughs> I'd rather A-punk go with a roof. Let's see. There is, I don't know if you can see it. That's the Edward Hopper painting. There, uh, The song and the painting are called Mansard Roof. Mansard. No idea. Hmm. Hey, have you heard okay. that song before, Lee? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I listened to that whole album a few times. I can't, I can't recall how it goes off the top of my head, but I've definitely seen that title. Sorry about that rewrite. I had oh, it in good. my notes about debut single. I was like, I, I could... I could add I, that at the start. But. I like it. Hero I like enhancer. We've, we've done rewrites on the fly. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to do that. It, I read it out loud. I was like, this could be better. But. All right. That's a little obscure, but I, I do feel like that's a good like uh, New York question for sure. Because there's well, so there's much. multiple ways to get it. You can like, know architecture. Point. You can know music. Mm-hmm. You can know art. That's a great question. Yep. I just... Yeah, yeah, I agree. Couldn't get it there anyway. I agree. I knew it was a pretty hard question, but I tried to load it yeah, as much you as I did could. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's here's a my last job. question for you, gentlemen. Wagadugu is the capital city of what landlocked African country? Wagadugu. O U A G A D O U G O U. Wagadugu is the capital city of what landlocked African country? Well, How's your geography, Lee? I mean, I know. I've heard all the back episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's for fair. anyone just coming in on episode 217. That's fair. And it seems like we're working at a one African geography question uh, episode pace right now. Um, we just talked about the Namibia beating, the last episode. <laughs> the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> 
Namibia is not landlocked. Of course, that's the country where the desert meets the sea. Mm-hmm. And recently I've gotten flack for uh, mispronouncing the name of the country Lesotho on the podcast. Uh, I think I called it Lothozo. I believe I, I was one of those. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> and it's fair. And you should. I, you know, don't overlook it. It, it was on just, my account. It was funny to me because it was contagious because I think there was a guest in there and mm-hmm. everyone was saying Lothozo. <laughs> yep. <like>, Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it stung every time, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, that is a landlocked country. Uh, I feel like I have something in my mind. Um, the first time I ever heard Wagadugu, um, you guys know the uh, CD-ROM game. You don't know, you don't know Jack, right? Oh yeah, that was a yeah. big yes. early trivia interest for me. Yeah, same here. There was there was a very short-lived TV show of You Know Jack. lasted six episodes, hosted by Paul Rubens. And oh, cool one. Yeah, one of the famed, artist, framed Renaissance artist Peter Paul Rubens. The other no, just one. Kidding. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, they had a dissertat where it was baby talk or international capital, and Wagadougou was one of them. Oh, okay. But but I've definitely heard this before. I don't know if they it's they didn't land- involve the name of the country though for that question for a dissertat. They did not. Yeah, because I would give it away. Yes, I feel like I've. <laughs> Heard this before? I don't know if it's landlocked, and I know nothing else about the country. Burkina Faso's coming to mind. I'm sorry. Uh, it, Burkina Faso. That's uh, two words. Okay. Uh, yeah, I did not know that was. A country. I know. I know nothing about this country except for I think that's its capital. It, oh, plus, plus the first time I ever heard it was an episode of The Simpsons. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so it's out there. This is not – I mean, obviously it exists. If You're telling me it exists. I'm not denying that. But, I mean, it's out there in kind of the pop culture zeitgeist as well. Yeah, that, that's my two reference points. The Simpsons, and I may, I may have heard this was the capital because it's a very – it's one of those that should stay in my mind. Wagadougou is a capital of because that's just a – that's a very catchy name. Yep, but but that's my guess, Burkina Faso. Uh, do, Burkina do you, Faso. Do you have any? Others? I have no clue. I mean, I was going with, uh, like I said. Now I'm double checking the way that I'm saying it before I say it. Lesotho. I was, you know, that that's one that I know is landlocked. Obviously, it's landlocked by one other country. Yeah. So I'm not. It's hard to forget that one. Um, but most of the African countries that I can name are coastal. I don't yeah. know a lot of the interior country, so I will. Uh, yeah, I will. I will go with you on this. Yeah, because I don't know if it's landlocked. And to tell you the truth, I don't even know where it is in the country in relation to Africa. But oh, that's not what uh, I want to hear, though. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> For some reason, when I think of Wagadougou, I think Burkina Faso because I think I've heard it before. Um, okay, that's more than I got. Uh, Let's okay. go with it. Uh, Burkina Faso, Mark. That's correct. There he Tim! goes. Tim! You, you've learned something today, Lee. I helped. <laughs> well, what? <laughs> Great job. Amazing. Thank you. Super sus. Yeah, thank you. Amazing. Tim, if you weren't here, that's an answer that would have gone over as well as a fart in church. Because <laughs> yeah, I would have been like, I, I, I don't know what that is. That's unfair of you to ask me that. But look at this. Look at this, folks. 
Tim knew that shit. This Damn. is not an impossible I, question. It's something I feel like I've heard a lot, but I hadn't heard it in a while. But right when Mark said it, I was like, Burkina Faso came in my mind, and I couldn't get off of that. It's not for lack of trying on your part, though, Mark. You did have landlocked country. We appreciate the hint there. Mm-hmm. You're very welcome. I have a cuisine question to wrap out my final question for you guys. Are you guys familiar with uh, meatballs served with gravy and lingonberry jam? You know this dish? No. No. It's popularly referred to as Swedish meatballs. Oh, okay. okay. Swedish meatballs. Meatballs with gravy and lingonberry jam. A dish popularly known as Swedish meatballs arrived in Scandinavia upon the return of King Charles XII, who brought the recipe back after returning from exile in which country during the early 18th century? Where are Swedish meatballs originally from? It's got to be China. Everything's from fucking China. Well, <laughs> uh, the fact you landed on that quick, Mark, I um, hmm. yeah, I just, I, I just know that fucking pizzas from China, yeah, pastas from China, so much fucking shit is from China. Where is pineapple on pizza from, Mark? Do you know that? Hell. Wait, wait so, <laughs> so, so Hawaiian pizza, Lee. Hawaiian uh, pizza. I, I think it was uh, in which country? In Canada, originate? I think Canada. That's right. It is Canada. It was a, a Greek restaurant owner in Canada that wanted to make a pizza that tasted like American Chinese food. So he put <laughs> ham and pineapple together, and boom, Hawaiian pizza. So, uh, uh, kind of a similar question to what we got going on here. We know it is one. Hawaiian pizza, but it's really a Canadian pizza. I want to know where Swedish meatballs are from. I apologize, Mark. I was on Burkina Faso in Canada, and with this one, I'm kind of like, Yeah, I don't know Uh, either. (laughs) Yeah, see see Lee's reaction with Burkina Faso in the last question. I know it's not that. Exile. Uh, Isle of Elba. Yeah, could you uh, read the question again, Lee? I can. All right, thank you. Meatballs served with gravy and lingonberry jam, a dish popularly known as Swedish meatballs, arrived in Scandinavia upon the return of King Charles II, I'm sorry, the 12th, who brought the recipe back after returning from exile in which country during the early 18th century? I wonder if lingonberry, I, I don't know where lingonberries are from. Yeah, me neither. Where where are they putting? Century. Yeah, where are they putting lingonberries on their meatballs? In the 18th century, you said. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay. So it's the 1700s. Fuck. What countries were around in the 1700s? <laughs> yeah. If um, if China. France wasn't the answer to an earlier question, putting lingonberries in your stuff almost sounds like a. It'd be a French cuisine thing to me, but I, I don't know. I'm fine with France. Oh, I don't know. So, since it was uh, the answer to that, his previous question about the motorway, I, would Lee do, Would you do us like that, Lee? I'm looking straight at you. Would I? Uh, 
I did just admit yeah. to trying to string 30 episodes worth of questions together. You did. So I'm not above Ooh, it. Meta. Yeah, yeah, Mark, I'm, I'm stumped because I think it's one of those where we just pull countries from a hat for, could for yeah. like 10 minutes, but, oh. But China, I'm, you're right about that as well. That could be, do you it's feel just, either way? It's so crazy, it could be. Yes. Do, do you feel more of a confidence with China over France or vice no. versa? Because oh, No confidence okay. whatsoever, my friend. Oh. Okay. I'm talking out of the side of my asshole. Yeah, I think we either go with one of those because we ju- we just be pulling countries and I don't have confidence with any anything. If you're a king that's in exile, how far do you go? Yeah. That's a good you question. Know? He's in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. He's got to get the fuck out of Dodge. Greenland? And I think Italy would be too easy of a guess, just with meatballs. I don't, I don't know if they were putting lingonberries in them. Could be Italy. Oh, Could be <laughs> fucking Italy. Who knows? He did refer yeah. to the, uh, to marinara or whatever the sauce is as gravy, which is a very Italian word for for. Uh, Marinara, even though Swedish meatballs aren't in marinara. Yeah. I guess since we don't extend this too long, are you okay with going with Italy? Let's do it. Fuck it. We're going to say Italy. Italy? No, I'm sorry. In the early 17th, or early 18th century, King Charles Twelfth was returning from his exile in the Ottoman Empire. Turkey is the answer. Turkey, uh, looking turkey. turkey meatballs. They are actually turkey Turkish. gravy. Yeah, turkey call them Turkish so people don't get confused. That <laughs> yeah. meatballs made of turkey. God damn! They're not necessarily the healthy meatballs. They are just uh, from Turkey, not made of turkey. They could be full on beef, or uh, perhaps a mixture. I'm not sure, but yeah, little Swedish meatball fact there for you. I did not know that they were not Swedish of origin. They yes. were just popularized in Sweden. Well, I'll be damned. Kind of like mac and cheese here in the States, uh, often attributed to Thomas Jefferson for popularizing that. But obviously, that was uh, people were eating mac and cheese before him. Yeah, it's like one of those but things the, you you think the items from the country like Panama hats, I think they're from Ecuador, not Panama. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, that would chat my ass. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Call a Panama hat, the Ecuadorian hat. <laughs> when I was starting to get into trivia, that was one. I had this little electronic game, and it was like, where do Panama hats come from? Like, what's a Panama? I was like 10 years old, mm-hmm. and it said, it. I was like, how about Panama? And it said Ecuador or something like that. I was like, well, I don't like this game. Yeah. Well, I guess you need a big hat, you know, being so close to the sun up there at the mm-hmm. equator in Ecuador. Yes. I don't know if Panama's also on the on the line. Is Ecuador the one that's closest? I guess there's a, a few countries that are on the equator, right? I, uh, you know me and my geography. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing I know about Ecuador, I think it's on the far left and it has, um, um, is it Easter Island? I, I don't know. I think it's Galapagos Islands are right off of it. Right. Yep. They have like an administration over that or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tim. What an incredible yes. episode. Thank you so much for joining us 
Loved having you on. Already can't wait to have you back. Fantastic. Yes, I, I would love to. If you guys would have me again, this was a blast. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And thanks for listening, everyone. Please join us every Monday morning for a new episode by subscribing to No Nonsense Trivia Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the no-no in several ways. The easiest by sharing this episode on your social media accounts with your friends. You can also leave us a written review on your favorite podcast platform. You can support the podcast on Patreon by visiting our website, thenono.com. And that is K-N-O-W, by the way, as in you know something. (laughs) And clicking the support link at the top, which will take you to our Patreon page. Thank you to our Patreon supporters for helping us out with the show, including a big thanks to our quiz daddies, Blake, a.k.a. Motor Liquor, Brandon Long, Adam Volk at Esma and Redcrest Kitchen, opening soon, Tim at Pat's Garden Service, Tommy, and Gil. It's It's Gil. Our team captains, Matt, Mo, Rick G, Skyler, Kristen, Fletcher, Lydia, OG, Aaron, and David Holbrook, David Holbrook, David Holbrook. Thank you to our proverbial proverbial light keepers, Mike K, Adam, Cole, Frank, Trent, Grant, Rob, Captain Nick Williams, Kate, Rachel, Moo, Tim Gomez, a.k.a. Mappy1984. Where'd you get that name, Mappy1984? Um, I, there is a Nintendo game I used to play all the time called Mappy Land. It was from the makers of Pac- Pac-Man, and I just liked that game. Made in my username. Namco? Yes, Namco, yep. Oh, okay. Boom. Now you know. Lucas, Carly, yeah. Sarah, Cooper, Hank, Luke, Matthew, Spencer, Lisa, Ryan, Adam, John Lewis, Nabil, Ricky F., Justin P. Justin Paris to Bordeaux. And Justin M. Justin Meatball Medusa. And thanks to Rumble <laughs> Snailskins, Kate, Ian, Andrea, Aleo, Tim, Binsky, Nathan, Issa, Sai, Kara, Megan, Christopher, Brandon, Ed, Dylan, Sarah, Fox and Five, Laurel, Aaron, H Bomb, Lauren, MJ, Steven, Kenya, Dallas, and all my favorite things from the screen, Allison, Paige, Kevin, Sarah, Alex, and Mike J. If you'd like to write us with a rate my question. Or rate us with a write my question. Or a missed correction, or even just a little no-note, no-nonsense trivia at gmail.com is the email address, or call us at 1-929-356-6966, and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at No Nonsense Trivia, on Twitter at No Non Trivia, and on TikTok at No Nonsense Trivia as well. We've been posting over there a little bit more frequently, hoping to get some actual quizzes up for you soon, so keep an eye out over there, and as I mentioned earlier... We're setting up to do another Twitch quiz at some point soon. We've uh, had to update our software and stuff, so we're basically rebuilding the entire structure from scratch. But it will be very familiar to if you played during the pandemic. Uh, So make sure you add us on Twitch as well. If you'd like to hang out with us throughout the week, we have a Discord channel you can join. Just check the show notes for that. We also have a Facebook group. The link for that is also in the show notes. Or you can go on Facebook and search for the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast to join us there. And finally, no three stars, motherfucker. Yes. Don't forget to leave us a rating on your favorite podcast service. Not zero. Not one. Not two. Not three. Not even four. Five Five stars stars only. only. Please. Please. Until next time, no nonsense listeners. Have a great week.